again, thank you so much for being here this morning. And uh, we've had some great preaching over the last two weeks. Brother Chris Dodson absolutely did a wonderful job, uh, and he just he preached the truth. And then uh, Friday night, Brother Randy Maynard brought a wonderful message uh, of encouragement. And, and obviously, I'm not going to re-preach his message, but this is what he said. He, he said, we need to understand, and we need to ask God to open our eyes and see that, that God is so much greater than anything we face. Amen? And uh, he, said, he said, we need to have an eye-opening service. And then yesterday, Brother Avery uh, preached uh, from Psalm chapter 3 and said that God is the lifter up of our heads and that we should lift our heads up even in the worst possible times. And, and what wonderful messages these were. And, and I was thinking uh, yesterday, I thought, man, after all this good preaching and, and some of you were here and heard it, then you're back to me. And, uh, and some of you, see, nobody said amen, so that's good. But, uh, but, but I, I respect all these preachers, great men of God, had a good time. And this morning, uh, I'm honored to be back. I'm glad to be back in the pulpit, and I'm ready to preach this morning. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of James, chapter number 3. The book of James, chapter number 3. We're continuing through the book of James, and, and this is a uh, piece of Scripture that we could probably stand to read a little more often than we do. And uh, Tanner, yesterday morning, I don't know if Tanner's in here. I think he is. There's Tanner out there hiding behind Daniel. Uh, but he brought uh, a good devotion, and he said that we should look uh, for the gospel and look for the Lord Jesus in every section of Scripture in the Bible and the Word of God. And that's no different here. When I read the Scripture, you're going to say, well, well, what can we find out about the gospel here? But just bear with me. As we get into James chapter 3, verse number 1, let's all stand and honor the reading of God's Word. James chapter 3, verse number 1, we're going to read 12 verses. James says, My brethren, be not many masters, or be not many teachers, is what he's saying, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. And able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member. And boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. And setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed. And hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? 
Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. Let's pray. Bow our heads. Lord, we come to you one more time in prayer this morning. And God, we ask you that you would have your way in this service and that that your word would go out. And we know that it will not return void if it goes out. And God, I humble myself this morning knowing that I can do absolutely nothing without you and without a, a, a fulfilling and an anointing of the Holy Ghost. And God, I just pray that you would prepare the hearts of the people this morning. Hopefully, they came prepared this morning to receive your word. But God, I pray that, that as you walk the aisles, as the Holy Spirit walks the aisles, Lord, that you would, you would find things that people need to deal with and identify things through this message. And that most of all, that we would make much of you. And that maybe this morning somebody might come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through this message. We praise you. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When I, as I was reading through this, everybody's read this, right? Everybody's probably heard this preached. And, and this, this text, the one thing I love about the book of James is it, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. Wouldn't you agree with that? Uh, now, there's some things that are a little different, maybe that need, uh, just need a little explanation or a little unpacking. But it's not like prophecy. It's not like the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, things like that, where you just read it and scratch your head. I mean, when James says that, that the tongue is, it boasteth great things, we understand what that means. And as we get into this scripture, we find some very practical applications and some very practical things that, that apply to our everyday life. And the first thing he says, he says, my brethren, talking to the church, he says, be not many masters or, or don't be, everyone don't be a teacher. Now what he's saying, what that means is this, it's a little different. You say, well, why would James say not everybody needs to be a teacher? He says, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. How many, how many Sunday school teachers have we got in this room this morning? Raise your hand if you're one of our Sunday school teachers. So we got one, two, three, four, five, about five or six. And out of a church of maybe 120 people, so that's a pretty good ratio. We need teaching. If there's ever a time we need a good Bible teaching, it is right now. I mean, it's the day that we live in that we need people that know the Bible, people that read the Bible, people that study the Bible, and people that can share the Word of God with not only lost people but saved people as well. I mean, as saved people, we need to keep learning and continue to learn in the Bible. But the thing about it is, is how we teach is with our mouth. And, and we teach with our tongue, and we have to say things. As a preacher and a, and a teacher, I, that's what I do. I, people ask me, what do you do for a living? Well, I preach. I, I do a whole lot of talking. And our teachers, they have to talk. And, but it's, very, it's a very serious thing to me to be a teacher or to be a preacher because the more words that come out of your mouth, the more danger there is. Would you say amen to that? This message is, this morning is titled this, Two Ounces of Trouble. Because the human tongue weighs approximately two ounces. Now, I know you're thinking some people in this world has got a 10-pound tongue, right? But, but for, for the most part, our tongue weighs two ounces. But it, it, it can get us in more trouble than really anything else can. I mean, just one word can, can change and has changed the course of your life. But we see here about teachers, it says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. 
Yesterday, I was uh, walking down through the hall, and, and my friend that preached, Avery Brown, my best friend in the world, he came out of the, came out of the room he was in, and he walked up to me, and he was, he was sitting there messing with his tie. He was doing this number, and he was, he was yanking at it. He said, when you preach, he said, does your throat get bigger? I said, I don't know about my throat, but my mouth does. And, and he laughed about that, but it's true. And, and as we teach and words come out of our mouth and as I preach, I want to tell you and, and, and the teachers in here, I'll get to the main part of the message in just a minute. If you're a teacher or perhaps you would like to be a teacher, maybe you uh, want to in a few years be a Sunday school teacher or whatever it is, you stand accountable for the things that you teach. I think about the school system. My wife is a school teacher, and Lacey and Joanna, they're, they're public school teachers, or, or school teachers, and, and they have standards by which they have to teach. The state of Tennessee says you have to teach this, and you have to do this, and, and they're held accountable. Well, let me say that the things that I teach and preach, and the things that George and Charlie and Tanner, as they teach in their Sunday school classes, they are accountable for the things that they teach and the things that they say, and it is a very serious matter. And he says, he goes on to say this, he says that, that, that we shall receive the greater condemnation. But then he goes on to say, for in many things, we offend all. Eventually, a preacher or a teacher, when, they're get, when they get up and they're giving the word of God and they're expounding upon what the Bible says, eventually, they're going to offend you. They're going to make you mad. They're going to say something that, 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 that may set you off, but I hope that our teachers and me as a preacher, I hope if I offend you, which I probably have offended you, that I do it by the word of the word of God. Because this book can be offensive. It says some things that some people uh, get mad at, but if it's the word of God, then I will not apologize for it. Can you say amen to that? I will never apologize for preaching or teaching the word of God. And if you're a teacher and, and you teach the word of God in its purest form, you should never apologize for what the Bible says. Amen, preacher. Come on. And he goes on to say this, that, that if the same is a perfect man, if, if we don't offend people, then you're a perfect man and also able to bridle the whole body. So John or James sort of changes his tone and he begins to give us some examples, some practical applications of the tongue and, and what it does and how, how that we can control it or can't control it. He says, behold, pay attention to the fact that we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. And behold, again, also the ships, which though they be great are driven of fierce winds, yet they're turned with the small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. You put it in today's terms. Look how big a car is or a semi-truck or a tractor or whatever it is, and we control it with a little bitty steering wheel, and it does what we want it to do, but when your power steering goes out, when, when you lose control and, and I mean you have control over that and yet the tongue we can't seem for some reason to put control over that some people are good at it right some people are good at keeping their mouth shut I like what Cecil said a few minutes ago he said let's just be quiet for a minute because when you're talking I found this that you don't have a whole lot of time to, to actually reflect and meditate and think and so sometimes Silence is a wonderful thing, amen? Now when I'm preaching, sometimes silence is not very fun for me, but, but on the same token, sometimes I think people are quiet because they're just trying to soak it in, and that may not be a bad thing, amen? 
I mean, if you're preaching the Word or teaching the Word and it may be something deep and people have to really contemplate it and think about it, sometimes it's good to just be quiet and not say anything and just take in what's being said. But he said that, that we're, we're able to control these horses and that's their transportation and, and, and the ships would be like an airplane today. He said we're able to control those things. But for some reason... At the end of the day, no man except one, the Lord Jesus Christ, has ever been able to control his tongue. And the tongue, it, it, it's, it's caused a lot of things. The tongue, the, the thing that we all have, we, we all have one, and, and some people are, are better with it than others. But, but at the end of the day, think about how much trouble the human tongue has caused over the course of history. I think about a guy named Adolf Hitler. Anybody ever heard of him? Adolf Hitler was an evil man, right? I mean, he was one of the worst guys in history. Probably, I mean, you'd put him at the, the, on the top of the list of, of evil people that we, we've known about in our life. And we know he was evil because of, the, because of all the, the people he killed and all the atrocities that he committed in war and just all these awful, awful things. And you think, why would these people do that? Why would the Germans kill all these Jews? And how could Germany turn into what they turned into to be a killing machine and have all these concentrations? camps and to mistreat all these people I mean millions and millions and millions of people do you know what caused all of that a tongue see Hitler was really good at something he was a wonderful speaker he was an orator. He could get in front of a crowd and he would begin to talk and he would work these people up into a frenzy to the point that they would basically do whatever he would say. He didn't have to, to threaten them at gunpoint and say, you'll do this. He didn't have to pay them off. All he had to do was just talk to them and explain to them his reasoning and his doctrines and his propaganda and these people would believe him. And look what it caused millions and millions and millions of dead people. In fact, I would say that Hitler's tongue changed the course of history. Would you agree with that? Because one man got up and said some stuff. If you watch videos of him, I mean, he would, he would just be so charismatic and get so excited and, and people would just get, get into what he was saying and it was the power of some words. But here's the thing about it. That little piece of flesh in your mouth is harmless in and of itself. All your tongue does and all your vocal cords do is they just produce what is really on the inside of you. All this is really is just a speaker for what's on the inside of you. See, the problem at the end of the day is not with what your tongue is saying. It's because people's hearts are not where they need to be. Amen? But here's what the Bible says. I'm going to throw some more scripture at you. The book of Proverbs says this. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Psalm chapter 52 verse 2 says that the tongue devises mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. And then David goes on to say in Psalm 64 verse number 2, he says, Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who whet, or who sharpen, that's what whet means, to sharpen something, who sharpen their tongue like a sword, and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in the secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him, 
and fear not. We, we know how dangerous the tongue is. I want to I do a little exercise. This is not really anything that anybody's got to get up or do anything. We're not going to do any jumping jacks when I say exercise. But I want you to think for just a minute about the worst thing that you can think of that anybody's ever said to you. And that, that's not a memory a lot of people want to bring up, really. But think about, has anybody ever said anything to you that changed your life completely? Or that made you, uh, made, put you in such a shape that it, that it changed the way you thought about things? Maybe the way that you perceived yourself? See, our words, they can, they can be like a sword. When a word goes out, it, it, can, it can tear down faster than anything. I remember that saying we all know when we were kids, sticks and snows may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. That's the biggest lie that kids have ever told, right? I mean, words, they absolutely can destroy you, not just hurt you, not just wound you, but tear you down and just take you to places that you don't want to be. It says that they're like an arrow. These words are, are like an arrow that, that pierce and they tear apart and, and they cause bleeding and they cause wounds and they cause eventually when that heals up, there's still those scars that we carry simply because of words. I think of some of these weapons and, and please just bear with me as I, as I get into this, but words, get this, are what actually got us into the sinful state that we're in. Satan's words, his, his lies to Adam and Eve. The words are that powerful. But words even carry weight today. I think about this, and, and this, this is not real popular, but it's something we need to talk about, is we need to be careful about how we talk to other people. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, it, you've got to be careful, not just, not just the words that come out of your mouth. It's not just what you say, but how you say it. It's the intent behind the words. We need to be careful how we talk to other people, but we need to be also careful and very cautious about how we talk about other people. See, there's this thing out there. It, it, there's two things, actually. The first one is, is slander. Anybody ever heard the word slander? You know what that means? That means that you're, you're putting somebody down, that, that you're basically trying to assassinate their reputation. And generally what it is, is it's like this, that, that somebody does you wrong and you get mad about it. Because anger, I think, is, is one of the roots of the problems of the negative and wrong words that we say. That is, We just deal with anger sometimes. And so somebody does us wrong. And so the first thing that we want to do is we want to reciprocate that wrongdoing. And we begin to slander that person and talk bad about that person and attack their character. And, and try to assassinate their, 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 how they, how the, the good reputation that they may have. Or maybe make worse the bad reputation that they have depending on who that person is. I've had, have you ever had anybody that you know has slandered you? That's happened to me before. I've had people talk bad about me, and, and, and my mom, she always taught me just, just ignore people and just, just let it roll off your back and things like that. But the thing about it is that sometimes we don't have the ability or the capacity to do that, and those words, they take hold of us, and they hurt. Amen? You ever been at the receiving end of that? It's awful. But the thing about it is, is some of us, many of us, if not all of us, have not only been on the receiving end of slander, we've been on the giving end of slander as well. 
Now that's not what we want to admit. We, we don't want to say, yeah, I've slandered somebody. But the truth is we probably have in some way, form, or fashion. Would, will you say amen right there? I mean, come on, don't be quiet on me. Use your mouth. Give me some words here this morning. It may be, oh, me. And then the other thing, one of the, one of the most dangerous things in the world, you all know what that is, right, is gossip. Whew. Nobody likes to talk about that, and I won't say a whole lot about it because we all know it's wrong, right? You know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that there's six things that God hates, and yea, seven is, is an abomination. And the first one is a proud look. And we talked about pride just a few weeks ago and how that God hates pride. You know what the second thing that, that it says God hates is? is a lying tongue. Now, some gossip, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, it may be true. But I found out that a great deal of it is not the truth. Amen? And that we've misconstrued it. We've misunderstood what somebody has said. And we, we are basically just telling lies and we're gossiping and we're spreading things that we shouldn't. And what it does is it, it, it sets off a series of events. He says here in, in verse number 6, he says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Man, that's pretty, that's pretty deep. And that's, 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 that's real. That's some serious business when it says that the tongue can set stuff on like, like the fire of hell. I talked last week just for a moment after Chris preached about... Uh, a forest fire and I said that we need a fire to spread in our church but what, what we don't need is, is, a, is a fire of gossip and a fire of slander and a fire of, of unforgiveness and anger and bad words going in our church because, because I'm telling you just one sentence could destroy this church one person going and saying something to somebody that's not true or about somebody that's not true could destroy uh, my ministry could destroy the ministry of this church, could destroy any number of people in this church, and it sets it on fire. And even though it was just a little spark like a match or maybe somebody threw a cigarette out or, or whatever it is, just a little spark when it's put into the right tender and into the, into the right situation can just set ablaze and, and burn up so much progress and so much good and undo so many years of hard work in ministry simply because somebody... Just couldn't keep their mouth shut. Somebody just couldn't control their tongue. Are you still with me? Is, is, is everybody still with me? I mean, the Bible says that it's one of the most dangerous things. It's, it's two ounces of trouble. It, it, can just, it can cause so many problems and has. I mean, no doubt that people talking have caused problem, problems in this church. Would you say amen to that? And in every other church and in and, and every situation. And the thing about it is when people get together, you know what they do? They talk. And they talk about good stuff for a while. And then eventually it goes in, into little worse and worse. And finally we begin to talk about other people and, and, talk, and start talking gossip. And, and it just causes so much trouble. Yesterday, Brother Avery, if you were here, you heard him say in the message that he hates drama. 
Anybody hear him say that? George, you heard him say that, didn't you? And, and, and I know Cecil heard him say that. I, I'm going to say amen to that, that I hate. Put this down. Write this down. Somebody post this on the Internet, whatever it is, that, that Brother Seth hates drama. Some people love it. Some people thrive off of it. Some people like to stir it up. I mean, they'll just get their stick and stir and stir and stir. But I, it just bothers me. I hate it. I hate dealing with drama. And it all starts because somebody can't keep quiet and stirs up trouble with their tongue. And I'm not saying anybody's doing that. If, if somebody was doing that right now, I probably wouldn't just blatantly say something like that from the pulpit. But, but the fact of the matter is that it will eventually happen. So we might as well take care of it while we can. We might as well pull, pull a Barney Fife and do what? Nip it in the bud. Amen? Is everybody all right? Everybody's good, right? You think, this is, this, is, this is not what I came to hear this morning. Well, this is the Bible. He says in verse number 7, For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things of the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And that poison comes in the forms of words. And again, it's a heart problem. It, it, it's the, Jesus said this, from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart will eventually make its way to the surface and it will come out and, and you'll make it known to somebody. And so we need, to, we need to get our hearts in the right place. Now, I'm going to kind of change gears here and just go with the, the way the Bible is teaching this, the way that James wrote this out. He says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Now I'm going to say this, that God gave you your tongue and your ability to speak and, and gave you common sense and gave you uh, the, the, the brain and the way to reason on purpose. God created us in His image. Amen? And so God gave us the ability to communicate. It wasn't by accident that, that we're able to talk. It wasn't by some crazy turn of events in evolution that we're able to get up and articulate what we think and be very clear about our words and our thoughts and, and to be able to say things. God created us to be able to do this. This was on purpose. Amen? Can you say amen? But the thing about it is that when God created us and gave us the ability to speak and gave us the ability to think, He did it. For His glory. Did you know that? That God created us not for our own glory, not for the glory of anybody but Himself. And so what you should be using your tongue for is to praise God. And so He changes gears and He says, Therefore, we use our tongue to bless God, even the Father. But then He also says, And therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. He said, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? We come to church and we say praise the Lord and we say amen to the preacher and, and we sing the songs and we, we may read the Bible and, and even and sometimes you know say, say wonderful things about God. And that's great. That's awesome. But what does our mouth say at other times? I have a, I have a quick story for you. And I, this is a true story. There was this, there was this dad that uh, took his family to church one day. And they, they got through service. 
And uh, the preacher preached and everything went fine, you know, went off without a hitch. It was just a normal Sunday. And then they went home. And they sat down at the dinner table. And, and on the way home, the dad complained about the church service the whole way home. He, he talked about, you know, how everything was, was bad. And he talked about negative about the preacher. And he said, you know, that was a terrible sermon. And does that guy even study and, and talk bad about him? And then, man, did you hear the song leader? He was off key this morning. And, and uh, that choir, I can't believe those people. I mean, those people up there, they're hypocrites. Why are they even in the, in the, the choir? I mean, what are these people doing? And, and he complained and he, he begrudged the whole time and, and, you know, ran everybody down in the church. And then they get home and, and Mama puts lunch on the table. And they, and they sit down. And Dad said, now everybody bow your heads. And he began to pray. And he said, Dear Lord, thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for allowing us to go to church this morning. And, and thank you for this food that's in front of us. Thank you for the family. And thank you for all that you've done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Pretty basic, but pretty good prayer, right? I mean, he covered all the bases. And his son said, Daddy, I got a question. And you know how little kids are. When they ask a question, you never know what's coming your way. And the son said, Daddy, did God hear you complain all the way home and talk bad about everybody? Did, did God hear you complain about the church? And did, did God hear that? And the, the dad, he said, well, yeah. He said, you know, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent and he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. So, yeah, God heard that. And, and then the son said, well, did, did God hear you pray just then? And the dad said, yeah, I mean, God heard me pray because God hears everything. It's the same thing. And, and the son said these words, well, which one did God believe? Well, I bet that dad had to do some repenting, didn't he? I know another story about a young man that, that had a dad, and uh, they would go to church, and the dad was faithful to take him to church, and the dad would, would literally cuss all the way to church. And would get to church and he would, he would put on the, the face and, and, you know, sing the songs and praise the Lord. And he would get back in the car and the rest of the week he would cuss and curse and, and do all these things. You know what the Bible says about that? These things ought not to be so. But they are so. <laughs> and, and I know this, I get this is a hard message. This is not necessarily an easy pill to swallow. But it, it's, it's something, we don't need to avoid it, Amen. We can't just act like the, the Bible doesn't say these things. And the thing about it is, is a lot of times we're guilty of it. We, we, we slander and we gossip and we talk bad and, and we do this and we do that. And then we come to church on Sunday and praise the Lord. James says that, that a fountain can't put forth salt water and fresh water at the same time. It puts out one kind of water. Either it puts out bitter water or fresh water. God created your tongue. God created your heart. God created your ability to reason and your ability to think and articulate words to other people so that we could lift Him up in praise. So that we could use our tongue. I mean, God knows our thoughts, but we can talk to God. We can literally out loud talk and pray and, and praise Him and, and lift Him up. That's why we were created. We were created in the image of God for His glory. 
But most of all, I think, I think one of the most important reasons, here's, here's the gospel part of this message, is that the main reason that God gave us the ability to talk and to articulate is so that we could profess Him. First of all, we, we have to profess. You remember what the book of Romans says, right? Romans chapter 10, verse number 9 says that if thou shalt confess with your what? Your mouth. With your tongue, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you'll do what? You'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. He goes on to say in verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The most important thing, the most important words out of your mouth could ever be, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that he rose from the dead and that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. If, if you have said those words and then you go and confess him and profess him before men, that's the most important words that could ever come out of your mouth. There's a, I, I read a statistic uh, recently this week in, in the study that some people... Uh, that men say an average, uh, I think, of 9,000 words a day. I'm not going to tell you how many women say, okay? I won't go there. I'll just keep my mouth shut on that. But how many of those words, if, if you just took and made a pie chart, of how many of your words glorified God? How many of your words professed the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed Him to the world? I mean, we must continue after we're saved even to go out and to confess Him and to profess Him in front of men. Amen? Would you say amen to that? And that as you go into your workplace tomorrow, you're supposed to confess the Lord Jesus to them and, and show them what it's all about. And, and I'll tell you what, people know by your words if you're the real deal or not. People know, people are, are not stupid, and lost people, I mean, they're not ignorant, okay? They're lost, but they're, they're, not, they're not ignorant. They know by your words if you're putting out bitter water or sweet water. And the way that you're going to win somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ is to, to say the right words all the time. I mean, obviously, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We're, it's just human nature. We've got to get used to it. We've got to use our mouth for another thing. And that's called repentance sometimes. Confess our sins continually to God. James says we, we can't control it. It's impossible. We're going to say something. But let's make sure we're saying the right things. Let's make sure we're saying things that glorify God, that lift Him up before men, that lift Him up even in the church and, and outside and wherever we may go, that out of our mouth comes fresh water, that our mouth doesn't put forth that, that bitter water, doesn't spark fires and doesn't gossip and doesn't slander and doesn't tear people down. Now I asked you earlier, get this, to, to think about the worst thing that anybody's ever said to you. But what's the best thing anybody's ever said to you? You know, that can go both ways. You can lift people up or you can tear them down with just two ounces. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for this, for this time that we've had this morning. And Lord, I thank you for the words that James wrote to remind us that, Lord, we, we all carry a very dangerous weapon with us. 
And that, Lord, you've given us a great responsibility to use it for you. Not for us. Not for our glory. But, Lord, for you. And, and Lord, to the church this morning, to the saved person, this is my prayer. That we would put aside all forms of, of, of foolish speaking, slander and gossip and, and cursing and, and anything, God, that comes out of our mouth that doesn't glorify you. God, I just pray that you would identify that in our lives this morning. And that, Lord, if, if conviction is needed, God, I just pray that you would provide that. And that people would repent and that they would, they would begin to put the fresh water, the, the water of life out of their mouth. And God, if anybody's lost here, I would pray this morning that it would be the day that they confess you with their mouth. And that they would believe in their heart. And that, Lord, you would change them and, and make a new creature out of them. One that glorifies you and lifts you up. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Hymn number 481. Thank you for your time this morning, and uh, I, I promise that message was as tough to preach as it is to to listen to. But but we all need some work, Amen. Even 
even if you've been saved for a long time, you could probably still use a little work on the tongue. So I would, I, I would implore you, please come back at 6 o'clock tonight for the deacon ordination service. Uh, Brother Chris will be preaching. We were supposed to have it last Sunday and weren't able to do that due to sickness. And we're excited about that. So please be here and pray uh, that, that God would just touch and use our deacons, all of them, for his glory. Amen. That, that they would say the right things, do the right things, and uh, just be be glorifying to God. We'll be dismissed in just a moment, but I do want to say don't forget the sweetheart supper. I, I can't drive that home enough. It, it's always awesome. We always leave that sweetheart supper saying that was fun, that was enjoyable, and we had a good time, and uh, it's just a good time to fellowship with the brothers and sisters in Christ. So we will be dismissed at this time. And I'm going to ask Daniel Harville, will you dismiss us?